Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Well, kind of. Gordon Monson. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll explain that more coming up here in a moment. Uh, but Jake Scott hanging out with you. Uh, and uh, I will talk about where I am in a moment. Alex uh, Lundberg, Lundy, if you will, back at our Vivint Carrier Zone studios. And uh, Gordon is usually safe, safely social distancing from uh, Casa de Monson. But uh, we. So here's the thing Gordon has been. And I'll explain this because I know he's probably not listening. Gordon has been uh, very technically uh, competent during all of this uh, broadcast from home stuff. We we set him up with equipment. Uh, you know, Johnny Lightfoot uh, got him got him all good to go. And uh, Gordon, he has a similar routine every day to get connected and get going. And he's been he's been pretty good. I'm looking at Johnny. We haven't had we haven't had too many too many issues. So because of some uh, logistical things, we had to swap out equipment with Gordon at home. And uh, we, we have our fingers firmly crossed that, uh, that we'll get through it. So we're waiting to connect with Gordon. Oh, he's, he, we've got him. Oh, God, I'll give him a ton of credit. Okay, so real quick, I'll explain where I am, and then we will talk to Gordon. Way to go, Gordo. We are super proud of you. Uh <laughs> Better answer that, Johnny. Better, better, better answer that. Uh, all right. We are here explaining. We are at Smith's, 3215 South Valley Street. Um, basically, uh, it's 33rd South and I-215, um, a very popular Smith's branch uh, that we are here. You know where we are, very east side of the valley, 3300 South and uh, Valley Street. Uh, if you need the exact address, 3215 South Valley Street. And uh, we are here because there is a brand new jazz team store opened up inside this location. They opened up last Saturday. Uh, Wynn took a look, examined the area there uh, momentarily, and it is beautiful. It is a beautiful jazz team store opened up brand new uh, for your convenience here at this Smith's location. You need to come by and see it. Check it out for yourself. They've got some great deals, some great grand opening stuff going on. In fact, tomorrow through Monday, uh, you can buy one, get one 20% off the entire jazz store. You'll get a free reusable uh, gift bag with your purchase as well. So buy one, get one 20%, uh, 25% off. So if uh, if you want uh, to get that uh, 
sweet jersey. I, I walked in there. You can get pretty much anybody on the team. You know, you've been uh, waiting to, to nab up that Joe Ingles jersey. Come in, grab it, and get a second jersey for 25% off. Or get something else in the store. Maybe you're looking for a hat, T-shirt, whatever, from the Jazz Team store. They have got it. Our current play-by-play of our situation, though, uh, Johnny Lightfoot has, has jumped into the zone van. And uh, we don't know if Johnny Lightfoot is going to, to Gordon's house or not. I'm guessing that's where Johnny Lightfoot is going. So, so that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign about our connection with Gordon. Johnny, we wish you well. We, we wish you well. Uh, I, uh, we, usually you'll be able to uh, meet the world-famous Johnny Lightfoot, by the way, if you come by our remote, but uh, he's going to be absent here for a moment. Uh, go get him, Johnny. We're, we're cheering for you. Uh, but come on by and see us, 3215 South Valley Street. Uh, we're outside. Um, we're right under the big Jazz Team Store banner, which looks very, very nice. And uh, check this out. We're giving out hand sanitizer, Utah Jazz hand sanitizer in a very convenient, snappy-looking pen. You can take this wherever you go. You just put it right on my collar. And I'm looking at the world-famous Andrew Hyde right now. He's got it in his back pocket. Very, very convenient. In fact, I'm putting it right there. Uh, come on by and see us. Uh, we're here at the new uh, Jazz Fan Store. And at the very least, come grab a hand sanitizer and, and go in and, and check it out. The, the new store is absolutely beautiful. They've got it stocked with uh, whatever you would need uh, to represent your jazz fandom. So come down, uh, come up here, come down here, wherever you are. Uh, basically, 33rd South and uh, I-215, right by the mouth of Parley's Canyon. 3215 South Valley Street, to be exact. Uh, come on by and say hi. We've got a lot to do today on the show. Uh, let's start out with our guest list. We're going to have the uh, world-famous Patrick Kinahan, who's going to join us at the top 3 o'clock hour. PK has a column out as he uh, does... Uh, pretty much weekly up at uh, our website, 1280thezone.com. PK is going to jump on with us at 3. PK has been a great help uh, as well with uh, Jazz Prehaf and Post during the resumption of play. So I, I want to catch up with PK and his get his thoughts on uh, the Jazz season and uh, where the Utah Jazz go next. Sam Amick will be on with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, now, uh, very eager to hear from Sam because I believe he's out of quarantine in the bubble. He is uh, providing great coverage for the athletic. In fact, I know he's out of uh, quarantine in the bubble. Um, he, I, I'm specifically, I, I, I brought this up with Locke yesterday. I, I'm fascinated right now with Jimmy Butler and what he's doing. And Sam uh, had a one-on-one with Jimmy, wrote a story about him. Uh, you can actually c- catch parts of the video up at, uh, at The Athletic. And I'm very eager to talk to Sam at 4 about his conversation with, uh, with Jimmy Butler. And then Frank Dolce will join the show at 5 o'clock. Uh, we'll check in with Frank, get his thoughts on uh, the football season, what's going on out there with college football. His thoughts on BYU playing on Monday. We'll talk to him about quarterbacks uh, as we off to to a uh, former Ute quarterback and our Ute insider. Alex, give me uh, give me an update. What's going on? Oh, good. All right. Well, Johnny's on it. He's on the phone uh, with Johnny again. Plus, uh, NBA action last night uh, was or yesterday and last night. By the way, loving all this all day every day. NBA basketball is just amazing. Uh, but uh, but a thrilling night as uh, we we had a lot of drama, a lot of uh, stuff going on, and we'll get to that coming up here momentarily in the split story of the day. So uh, there's your guest lineup uh, coming up at three: the great Patrick Kinahan coming up at four: the great Sam Amick, 
And coming up at 5, the great Frank Dolce. And, of course, you can drop by and see me in person. We'll wave. Uh, I'm out uh, right outside the Smiths, 3215 South Valley Street, uh, here for the grand opening of a beautiful new location of the Utah Jazz Team Store. Of course, the other being there at Vivint Arena. We, uh, we see all the Team Store guys all the time uh, around the arena. They are, uh, they are terrific. <laughs> they are uh, a great group of people, and I'm excited for the whole group that they've got this new location opening. So it's it's really awesome. Would love for you to see it. Uh, come on by and see us. 3215 South Valley Street here on the east end uh, of the valley. All right, with that, let's uh, let's talk a little NBA basketball. Let's talk a little bit uh, about we, what we saw yesterday. Let's get to it. It's time for the split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, it's time for the split story of the day. And now I, I, I believe I heard a rumor. He is with us. The one, the only Gordon Monson. Hello, Gordon. Hello, Jake. How are you? I am terrific. It is great to hear your voice. I uh, I kind of uh, talked about how uh, we, as a station, threw a curveball at you today with some new equipment. And uh, I actually expressed my admiration for your technical acumen during all of this uh, situation with uh, COVID-19. And I explained that we threw a curveball at you the, uh, today. But it, you, I hear you. Well, you sound good. It's it's uh, the machine I got is not new equipment. It's old equipment. Uh, but uh, the one connection I was hooked up to doesn't work properly. So I switched it all on my own to another connection, and now okay. it's working. Yeah, okay. So, Great. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I, I texted Johnny and said, Johnny, no need. But that one row, you know how these different Comrex machines have different rows? I do. Uh, the, one I was pl- the one that I was plugged into doesn't work. So I got the other one does. Well, so can I tell you right. that I know why I know you've been uh, communicating with Johnny? Because I think you'll get a laugh out of this. I'm sitting here at Smith's. You know the Smith's I'm at, Gordon. Uh, the 33rd mm-hmm. South uh, Smith's right by the REI. You know where I am? Oh, well, he was there. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm sitting here. Mm-hmm. We're outside. We're outside of the team store, brand new location. And uh, as I'm starting the show and, and uh, talking about what we're going to talk about, I see Johnny take a phone call and then jump into the van and leave so i assumed that that meant that he was uh he was communicating with you he was communicating with me and i was communicating with him and he was going to come up to see if uh this uh piece of machinery i have is busted and it turns out that just part of it doesn't work right but the other one does and i figured that out on my own man look at the progress i've made you have Amazing. And, and i think we all know what wasn't working right what what wasn't working? Oh, oh just uh, the machine. You think I screwed it up somehow? No, no, it's no, I would it's definitely it's definitely that. it's definitely the machine because I did the same exact thing on row two, and it works. And I did it on row one, and I could hear you, but you you could barely hear me, and I couldn't hear myself. It was like being in the cone of silence for those of you who are Get Smart fans. I see. Okay. Well, all right. But, well, but I'm glad you're I think with us. I think good. we're I think we're good to go now, though. So I'm very proud of you. I am. Like I said, we've Thank had you. very few 
technical difficulties during a, a unique experience. And, uh, yeah. Well, it, this one good. was on the machine, not on me. So uh, that much I got figured out. Now, did you pour your Diet Coke on the machine? Because that might. I, almost, I wanted to when it wasn't okay. working properly. <laughs> but I decided that probably wouldn't help matters. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. When you, when you have a situation, sometimes you make it worse. You know, and I think pouring the Diet Coke, which I have right here on my desk, uh, would have uh, messed things up even worse. So then none of the connections would have worked, and then then it know, would have been in a bad shape. You enjoy that hand sanitizer. Isn't that thing cool? Yeah, that thing's pretty sweet, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right, we just had uh, we just had a listener drop by. Uh, Gordon, we're giving out these. Uh, they look like kind of uh, uh, pens. Um, but their hand sanitizer, they've got Jazz logo on it. They're actually pretty sweet. So come uh, on by and. That sounds uh, cool. Yeah, come by and grab one. All right, well, Gordon, let's get into the split story of the day. Uh, we're glad you're with yeah. us. I uh, wanted to talk about last night's uh, action or yesterday's action in NBA basketball. And I want to oh, I want to start, I, I start here, uh, even though this is a very, you know, non. Well, I, I want to start here, but we can go wherever. I want to start with the, the, the Rockets and the Thunder and how appropriate it was, in my mind, that Chris Paul and James Harden in the last minute, when the game's, you know, on the line, the most hard-fought minute in, in you know, in a Game 7, this is the most, uh, you know, uh, the most prideful moment maybe, you know, that we have or one of them in, in sports. And what do Chris Paul and James Harden both choose to do, Gordon? They both flopped so egregiously that no referee could ever call it. You know what I'm talking about? Well, it Chris wasn't Paul just a, flopped first, yeah. and then there was a turnover, and it came back the other way, and then James Harden just blindly flopping uh, everywhere. And I loved it yeah. that neither was called. I'm just grateful no. that neither was called. And what was so weird about that is Chris Paul, I mean, he, he's a clutch dude. I mean, he's, he's, he's a terrific player still, and he's been so valuable to the Thunder. But in the last three minutes of that game, he, he made multiple mistakes, you know? And I just thought to myself, Chris, what are you doing? You're, you're the one that talks about yourself as being the man, and uh, you are the man, but uh, you kind of screwed that up at the end. And I thought the fact that he didn't read the defense right on a couple of occasions was kind of beneath him as well, because he's about as smart a basketball player as you're going to find in the NBA as far as that goes, but it didn't work out for him. And uh, Houston gets by Lou Dort. What's that? You're the one that's been, you know, you've been singing his praises for quite some time now. I, 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 he was, he was great other than getting his shot blocked by. Yeah. Harden that was a bit the, of a problem with the game yeah, on then, uh, everything on the line, but man, he played well. Yeah. He's a good player. Can you believe undrafted, undrafted mm. out of Arizona state? And you know what? I'll give uh, our boy, uh, Scotty G a lot of credit for kind of uh, introducing uh, Lou Dort to my radar because uh, uh, the Aggies played Arizona state, um, in Vegas, I think. If I'm wrong, Scotty, text me. But I, the Aggies played Arizona State in in uh, Vegas, and it was a great game. And or maybe it wasn't a great game. Either way, uh, Lou Dort went nuts, and the Aggies mm-hmm. ended up losing because he was uh, just a just a show. And he it, he it just goes to show you, Gordon, if you play defense and you play tough uh, and take advantage of the opportunity when you get it, you know, good things happen. 
That's that's happened for Lou Dort, man. I, I find it fascinating, Jake, that a guy can go undrafted and then play like that. Uh, I like it. I like the uncertainty. I I like that a guy can come climb out of a hole like that, if that's what you want to say, and 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 then perform like that. It it. I I think for most of the people watching basketball, you think these things are just that's the way it always is, and that's the way it's always going to be, but. No, there are occasions where guys just do they, – they just surpass what anybody had expected them to do and be. And Lou is one of those. Yeah, and the Jazz – Except for Scotty. Uh, Scotty, Scotty do. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, diverting the conversation to the Jazz for a second, they're full of uh, those types of players. Uh, Joe Ingles was that. Royce O'Neal was that. George Niang was that. You know, they, they've got – guys that they've found that they've developed and uh, i mean even if you want to go back to damara carroll he was that you know they've they've found those players that if they're willing to play hard uh, they'll get opportunity let's think back to uh under jerry sloan west matthews was that right you know where cj miles got hurt in the preseason and uh, they needed somebody to to fill a wing role and he played his brains out on defense so jerry sloan said well i like guys that play hard on defense and next thing you know, he's got an opportunity. He's got a role on the team and then a big free agent contract with Portland. I mean, it's, you know, smart franchises find talent and they'll look and they'll look and they'll look. And if they give guys opportunities and they take advantage of it, like Lou Dort's done with the Thunder, I mean, man, he's he's a great player. 30 points last night on 10 of 21 shooting. Uh, let's see, from three, he was six of 12, shot 50% from three and then plays stone-cold defense. Although, you know, of course, Gordon, we've talked uh, – the entire segment about the thunder the rockets actually won the game uh thanks in large part to that that block shot from james harden and yeah you know what gordon i tell you ironic that they're one of the best offensive players in the game stunk offensively and then makes the defensive play of the game right but isn't it just a reminder of how lazily plays defense Uh, you know when (laughs) when poor defensive players make big defensive plays or have big defensive games it's just like you know what why don't you do that more yeah, I remember when like Carlos Boozer had a huge defensive game against Jermaine O'Neal when Jermaine was playing for the Pacers because it was this, you know, kind of high-profile matchup or whatever. And, and Booz uh, went out there and had a great defensive game on Jermaine O'Neal. I remember my reaction like, why don't you do that more? If you could do that against Jermaine O'Neal, you could do that at least, you know, every other night, please. So but when it, they play well, it's an indictment on when right? they don't. Is that not fair? Gordon, is hmm. that not fair of me? Probably. Well, I know it's fair. I, I think it does uh, raise some questions. By the way, I have, Jake, I hate to interrupt you. You're really on a roll here. But I have a, a guy, a window washer outside my office window right now, scrubbing my window. And I'm looking right at him, and he's looking at me. And Did I'm you thinking, wink at Lisa, Gordon? <laughs> it's not Lisa. No. It's somebody Lisa hired, and it, it, it brings to mind, I mean, I am sure that window washers have plenty of stories to tell about what they see while they're working. Well, he, what he, are what exactly are you doing while you're working? I'm not, I'm not doing anything, but he can see me clear as day. He can yeah, see, he can, so he, why he are you all of a sudden so self-conscious? I'm not, I'm not. I'm just saying that he's looking right at me, and I'm going... So He's getting a good old eyeful of the, the tidy whities in the bathroom then. Is that what you're getting no. at? No, I'm fully clothed, but thankfully, but I bet you I bet you he's seen a few times where folks haven't been. Hey, how you oh. doing? Green shirt, 
Oh, all kinds of squeegees going here. All right, sorry, I just got distracted there. There's a man outside my window, and I'm on the second floor. Yeah, oh. that's what happens when you hire somebody to wash your windows, Gordon. They usually do it. Do you think that – I bet you window washers have all sorts of stories to tell. Don't you think? Of course your mind would go there, Gordon. Well, uh, he's looking right at me, and I'm looking at him. It's like we're in the same room together. Okay. And he's, he's doing his job. Why do you have to go down the direction of, oh, I wonder what he's seen? Ha, ha, ha. Well, I didn't. First of all, I didn't say it like that. You I, did, I just, I just, no, I didn't. I didn't mean it like that. I'm just saying that there is a privacy issue here. This sounds like something that would make the Not Sports Report. Like, oh, no, when, when was the last time you had your windows washed? I, I don't know, Gordon. It's been a while. But, but in my defense, there's really no point when you have a three-year-old. <laughs> yeah, but he's just washing the outside, not the inside. Well, uh, yeah, but I, you get my point here. The outside could be the, the clean as a whistle, but if the inside's covered in fingerprints, what difference does it make? Mm. Well, you, got, you can clean the inside, just wipe it down, but the outside, that's what, that's what the professionals you didn't, are out uh, there. Because if I was out there right your now. Your toddlers if, were around, did you? If I was out there right now, Jake, I'd probably fall off that ladder and break my neck. But uh, I, that's, that's why a morbid I'm thought. Well, I mean, that's why you leave it to the professionals. I'm not going to get out there and do that. that you no, know, it's a safety issue. It's not a lazy issue. Oh, All right, now uh, the Rockets are oh, on sorry. to play the the L.A. Lakers. Uh, yeah, and, is... and obviously that that matchup has interest to it, just because it's a little bit glamorous. I'd say. I, I, you know why it's interesting to me, Gordon, and the glamour aside, and I, I hate watching the Rockets, so I'll, I'll have to force myself to do that. But it's, it's really going to put Houston's philosophy to the, the test. Like, we're, we're seeing an experiment. Like, the Lakers are giant. They're an old-school basketball team, meaning they don't take and make a lot of threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, LeBron is a great ISO player, but he's also a great pick and roll player. Anthony Davis, uh, we everybody, you know, familiar with the Lakers philosophy at this point. It's not exactly Mike D'Antoni basketball. And they're <laughs> no. huge. They are huge. Yeah. Yeah. And so will Houston get a – will the experiment of being small but shooting 53s a game to make up for it, will it work? Will it work? And, by the way, James Harden's going to have to play against LeBron James for a whole series. How's that going to go? You know, it's yeah. it, this is the true litmus test of Mike D'Antoni's he's, whole philosophy he's with night. Houston. He's, he's defensive player of the year last night. Well, he makes so one defensive we'll play. Let's not talk about how defensive player of the year. <laughs> That's why. That's why I no, love but, the. But, it was a huge play, but that's what I love I the, think, the, uh, the press that it's getting because everybody's just so shocked. It's like, wow, this is the biggest story in the country that James Harden actually uh, got off his lazy backside and decided to try. Yeah, but Houston's uh, methodology here really gives them a better chance than if it was a more traditional approach because if it was more traditional, the Lakers would. Would be able to would have the edge in what both teams do. The fact that the Rockets do it differently uh, maybe gives them a better opportunity. I'm not sure how this is going to go. I mean, I would pick the Lakers to win it, but if if Harden and Westbrook can 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 sort of get connected and do this together, not individually, uh, you never know.
You never know. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Who's going to guard Anthony Davis? Robert Covington? Uh, PJ, you put PJ Tucker on on Anthony Davis. That means Robert Covington is is guarding Dwight Howard. I mean, it's it's this is going to be pretty amazing because the Lakers are so 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 much bigger than the Rockets. Yeah, yep. But the Rockets are quicker, right? Are they? Maybe. I mean, Eric Gordon is a wonderful player, they but are. I don't think I don't think quickness when I think Eric Gordon. Do you? Mm, I guess not. Uh, just the style of play, like you originally pointed out. Uh, just just letting it fly, and that's what the Rockets have to do in this. I don't know who's going to cover AD. Who's going to cover him? I I, I can't think of who's going to be. Because AD is such a like he's such an an offensively skilled big, you know. I, Houston, I think yeah. that their philosophy will struggle against a um, a skill offensively skilled big, you know, somebody that can can take the ball. You know and what go he to can work. do? He can do some of the things that uh, that we just saw done uh, by the Nuggets, you know, uh, the Joker can hit outside shots, can go inside, and that's what AD can do at, at a higher level. So, I, I don't know, AD's not the passer, right? Uh, but he, he's he's a fine offensive player on a lot of levels. Maybe Clint Capella. Oh, wait. Here's the thing. I don't care. I don't know. If I've got a matchup where I've got a seven-foot offensively skilled big man going up against Robert Covington, I don't want him passing. I don't care how good a passer he is. <laughs> I, I I want him to go out there one on one and just do what has been the the philosophy in basketball since the dawn of time, Gordon. If I'm bigger than you, I'm going to score over you. And then if I don't score, I'm going to rebound over you, and then I'm going to score over you. I mean, it's it's tale as old as yeah. time. And if the if it's the Rockets' intention to get out and get transition baskets and to get open looks uh, with with uh, with some quick hits, that's you got to rebound to do that. Yeah, you know it doesn't work if you don't rebound. So watch um, for that offensive rebounding number for the uh, for the Lakers. I, I think that's that'll be key. And real quick, uh, Gordon, just to talk about the other game that uh, that happened yesterday, and we'll move on to some other NBA topics coming up right around the corner. Uh, but the Heat did beat the Bucks, and they now have a two games to none lead in the series, one sixteen to one fourteen. A game that was very much decided by the referees down the stretch. And Gordon, I know this is sometimes a yes. controversial opinion, and I really dislike referees, but I was fine with it. They called a tight game throughout the whole game. And if you're going to do that, be consistent with it from start to finish. Don't all of a sudden swallow the whistle when when the moment becomes big or whatever. Be consistent. It's like a strike zone with a with an umpire in in baseball. You know, tight or not, but just call it the same. And that's the way they called that game. And I was I was fine with both calls that went both ways down the stretch. I agree with you 100%. Look, if Jimmy Butler's going up for a shot and Giannis fouls him, how is it fair not to call that foul? I don't care if there is. What was there left? One-tenth of a second? 
Right. What and it was, it? It, I mean, you could, got a call yeah there was no there was no time left on the clock and and the the thing is is Giannis made a dumb decision Giannis was too far away from it he was never going to get there he was late and then he uh, initiated contact like letter of the law by the book which is kind of how they were reffing that game that's that's a foul and on the other side you got to give Chris Middleton somewhere to land I know that's a, a call that's often exploited in the NBA in today's day and age and Chris definitely sold it but that's a rule and so, and actually, it's a really good rule because when you don't give somebody somewhere to land, people get hurt. So, uh, I, I'm fine with the way it ended, and so, the Heat are so up two what, none, and the Bucks are going to have to regroup. So, what isn't it sort of again? We're examining these the the, the various plays at the end of the game, and you got Giannis, Defensive Player of the Year, who fouls his guy. And you got James Harden, who hasn't played defense for 25 years, who makes the defensive play of the game. It's just, it's just, it's just weird. It is, and we can talk about Giannis and Jimmy Butler and who's matching up against whom because that's actually a randomly interesting story. But we'll get to some more um, NBA stuff coming up right around the corner. Speaking of refs, Chris Paul had had quite the allegation. Uh, about Scott Foster after the game, Gordo. And I want to get your thoughts on that coming up right around the corner. Again, PK is going to be on with us at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Sam Amick at 4, Frank Dolce at 5. Live uh, here just outside the brand-new Utah Jazz Team Store location in the Smith's Marketplace, 3215 South Valley Street. It's basically 3300 South and I-15 on the east side of the valley. Very easy to get to. We would encourage you to come by. We've got jazz hand sanitizer for you, but you've got to see the new team store location inside. It's beautiful. Get geared up. Uh, They've got some specials going on this weekend from uh, tomorrow until uh, Saturday. Uh, Let's see here. You can get to in-store only. Buy one, uh, get 25% off. Uh, the entire store, you can get a free reusable bag with purchase as well. So you're going to want to come in. That includes Monday as well. I, I apologize. I was wrong. Friday through Monday, close Sunday. But you can get buy one, get one, 25% off uh, at the brand-new Utah Jazz Team Store location. All right. Uh, we'll have more coming up next. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. We're live from the brand new Utah Jazz Team Store location at the Smith's Marketplace here at 3215 South Valley Street, basically 3300 South and I-215 on the east side of the valley. Very easy to get to. You've got to see this new location. It is beautiful. We've got some jazz hand sanitizer for you, too. Uh, cool little... Uh, pen-looking thing uh, for you that has a Jazz logo on it. Really cool. So come on by and grab one of those. But uh, duck inside. We're outside of the location. And, in fact, it's a beautiful day outside. Uh, it's gorgeous. I don't know what the, the temperature is right now. But Johnny Lightfoot's got the, the zone uh, tent propped up. We're sitting here nicely in the shade. It's very good. Johnny, uh, Johnny Lightfoot, uh, Alex, just during the break, went over and helped uh, an elderly lady with her groceries getting it into the uh, into her trunk. Johnny, you are you are a good man. Look at that. That's what he does. That's what he does, everyone. All right, we're uh we're we, uh, Gordon's not with us uh, at the moment. But I want to talk about uh uh 
Uh, Gordon's with me, so that's that's terrific. We want to get into to Chris Paul's comments, uh, Gordon, but the Pac-12 just barely made a release uh, during um, uh, during the break there, and I'm trying to basically uh, get what uh, the the Pac-12 announced a groundbreaking COVID-19 testing research initiative in cooperation with Quidel Corporation. And they, they uh, released a, a statement and a big, long thing I have. It, it literally is just happening. I haven't had a chance to to read through this thing. But uh, the, the long and short of it is uh, a lot of people are saying that uh, this would be critical. Larry Scott apparently has a quote in here. This would be critical. This is a major step toward the safe resumption of Pac-12 sports competitions. So I guess this is a more effective, uh, rapid test result testing program for COVID-19. I'd have to read through this whole release, but it, it looks like this is at least some effort in the Pac-12 front to play sports again. See, so do you think that that is him playing a game here with trying to rationalize bringing it back and keeping folks safe? Uh, is this the hook they needed to do that? I'm so happy that you said that, Gordon, because I think you're right. Uh, yes, yes, I do. I I I think everything you just said, but uh, I don't care. I, I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I have driven myself crazy over the politics of all of this. And I, 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 I decided, you know what? I don't care. Whatever you got to do. This is, this was my opinion with the NBA and the bubble Gordon, whatever you got to do to make it happen, do it. And with college football, if you have to, to put a, put out some fancy research, rapid test, I, I don't care. I, I want to see some college football. Did you see the uh, information that came out that 35% of the athletes that tested positive for COVID-19 had that that heart um, issue that uh, freaked freaked the uh, school presidents out back when they initially voted? I did. I did. What? uh, That's a bit of an issue. That, that that that's that's troubling to me if that is in fact true that uh, some of those long-term effects we're not sure about you know and that was I know of major concern at least uh, as how, far as how much wh- do you wh- know whether of- the school whether the school presidents really were worried about the health of the student athletes or whether they were worried about what was coming uh, in a lawsuit um how much do you know about that condition that uh, the heart condition is, I, I well, don't... you know, I I had one year left of medical school. I didn't quite get all the way through. I, I probably could answer that had I stuck around. So I read some stuff when this issue first came up, but I, I you know, I don't know. But what what I read and understand uh, understood about it is this heart condition is extremely common, and often is an effect after most respiratory illnesses, like, for example, uh, your normal flu. It also is not usually, and that's that's why I'm saying I'm treading lightly because I'm not a doctor. But it it doesn't usually last that long. It it usually you, it's why you kind of have to take it easy after you're getting over the flu because your whole body is healing up, and so I. It's why I'm skeptical of this stuff, because that feels like cover to me. And now the the Big Ten, uh, you know, medical officials or whatever feel under attack. And so but but there's this thing and it could do this and it could do that. And and that very well might be true. But this condition in and of itself is also a lot more common. And nobody's cared about that before. So 
I don't, I don't know, Gordon. I mean, we can bring it well, up that it's yeah, concerning yeah, before, because, because people's health is concerning, but it's also well, a tool to fan the flames. Jake, we're living in the era of a pandemic, and no one has been through that before. I don't think I don't think Big Ten school presidents were looking for ways to get rid of football. I mean, it's it, this is costing them some money in that regard, but I do think that they are afraid of the legal ramifications. And uh, I I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I can't really speak to that part of it. But I know that that played a a, a pretty significant role in the decision they made initially. Yeah, but should it have, I guess, is the question that I would ask. Well, I mean, school presidents don't always make the right decisions, but you'd think that they were pretty smart people. Uh, Yeah, but you've brought this up before, Gordon. Sometimes it's like with stats in the NBA. It's why the eye test still matters and always will, because there are so many stats and things out there that you can pick something that confirms your opinion easily. I, I learned this when I first got into radio, and we, you learn about radio ratings and, and telling a story with ratings. I mean, you can, you can find a way to quantify and confirm your opinion or tell the story that, that, that you want to tell. And I don't think that that's any different in this circumstance. And so, you know, presidents... I don't know. I don't know these presidents, but do I know? Do maybe they are like you've put it in the past so crassly doctor shopping? I don't know. And, but what, and but with J- J- Jake, Jake, really, I mean, what would be their motivation? There had to be a reason and a significant reason for them to make the decision they made. Now, I understand that other conferences, other school presidents made different decisions. But there was a reason for it. I mean, they weren't motivated just to kill football this year because it's going to cost them money to well, do I told that. You, so there, there, I, so I, there, there, there must be a reason, a reasonable reason for them to proceed with caution. I told you on day one of this when, when the Big Ten uh, decided to do this and the Pac-12 sheepishly fell in line that I believed it was two major reasons. Limiting liability, which I, I find ridiculous but limiting line liability and uh silencing speech i think those are i think both those reasons stand true and and it certainly applied uh to the big 10 and i don't know that you know it's the big Ten's located in a weird part of the country right now where the election is basically going to be decided so there's some political stuff there too you know governors running for for re-election and and their opinions matter when it comes to these state universities so i i don't know gordon i i don't so when you I, say i told you this wait, i, I told Jake, you this at the beginning okay go ahead sorry when when you say that uh that uh, the silencing explain that to our listener so that they understand completely what you mean by that so um and and I don't know how deep you want to get on this but everybody remembers the Pac-12 players that united to basically create a list of demands to play again in this uh mm-hmm. COVID-19 environment that included not only uh protections safety-wise from COVID-19 but also distribution of revenue and coaches taking pay cuts and all these other things that were you know pretty uh, aggressive to say the least. Um Two other conferences had uh, basically similar uh, incidents, the Mountain West Conference and the Big Ten, where some of the players were, you know, I mean, unionizing. They're, they're not illegally allowed to unionize pretty much, so I don't, I don't know why we always use that word, but uh, players speak up. And so the, the conferences took that leverage right away from those players. And I do think that right, has something so, so- to do with it. 
So why why would certain conferences be more concerned about that than others? Because it didn't happen in the SEC, ACC. I know, but it, but but it, but it could very well. I don't. It, it, I could win the lottery tomorrow. It's not. It's not happening in the the SEC, ACC, a Big Twelve. In fact, it's the opposite. They really want to play. And now, what's what's even more interesting is we're seeing a faction in the Big Ten where there's this kind of opposite movement that they want to play uh, and and should be allowed to, or at least given proper explanation why they're not. And by the way, the Big Ten now apparently, according to reports, is going to vote again on whether or not to play. And well, I Jake, know you don't. I, I, I know you don't I, like I, it. I, I, I'm just telling you that that <laughs> silencing that speech is that seems like a stretch to me. Well, it's it's not to some people I've talked to that are that are more on the the like football side of things than the administration side of things. But but yeah, that that uh, shook a lot of people. I know, that but that, that's uh, that sounds like paranoia a bit to me. Uh, I understand there are issues there, but that that sounds like people reaching at that bit there. Oh well, well, fine. I mean, you don't have to come along with me. But the liability thing is is real, and the we're concerned about the health of our players is not. That's not real, and they hid behind it. And now you're seeing the Big Ten with a with a real problem on its hands because if they do change their vote and decide to play, all of a sudden all that. I, I'm sure the doctors in the Big Ten are feeling defensive because they're about to get thrown right under the bus. Well, they either, were the, that, the or reason either that, that or was, they'll be proven to be really smart if uh, a bunch of cases of COVID-19 break out on these teams that are playing. Maybe. I mean, if they if they stop play, I guess uh, they they look smart. But, it, you know, whose decision to stop play? Who Who are they listening to? You know? How much how much are they doing without public knowledge? I mean, it's like it's everybody operates under the the idea that there's this bar where if if it goes past the bar, that's it. Well, who's setting the level on that bar and who are they listening to? I just don't believe that it's it's a matter of politics. Uh, I I think I do buy into the liability thing, but I don't think people are trying to sway the election. I, I, I just I just don't go there. Uh, that sounds like a bunch of BS. Okay, I, you don't need to go there. I I think that uh, them saying that they're doing this for the health of their athletes is a bunch of BS. Well, that's a shame if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I I've said this a million times. I I think the safest place in the state of Utah right now is the BYU football facility. They're they're mm. testing their players three times a week, man. Yeah, I, 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 Jake, we've talked about this a thousand times. I just, there's no reason to hash through it again. Okay. All right. Well, in this case, the Pac-12 is trying to find an excuse to play. So, you know, it's, it's relevant. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll get into uh, what happened with Chris Paul and uh, what he decided to say uh, after the game. We'll get into that coming up uh, next. I uh, want to remind you today about our friends at Syringa Networks, uh, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Come see us. We're at the new Jazz Team Store here in the Smiths. Basically, 3300 South and I-215. Uh, come by and see us. If you want to plug it into the GPS, 3215 South Valley Street. 
uh, drop on by, go inside. You uh, starting tomorrow, you can get buy one get one twenty five percent off throughout the weekend. Uh, but just check out the location for yourself; it's very nice. We'll have more next ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. <laughs> It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Hanging out with you at the brand new Utah Jazz Team Store here at Smith's Marketplace, 3215 South Valley Street, basically 3300 South and uh, just west of I-215 on the east side of the valley. You can jump right off the freeway and uh, come down, roll by. We've got Jazz ha uh, hand sanitizer pens for you, which are pretty cool. Got the Jazz logo on them. Uh, so come grab one of those. But uh, more importantly, uh, go in and check out the brand-new Jazz Team Store. It is glorious. Uh, Gordon, let's get to this Chris Paul uh, issue. Now, Scott Foster uh, is a controversial referee in the NBA, nonetheless. He's, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's in traditional NBA ref form. He thinks he's the story. <laughs> and uh, he, was on the, he was on the crew um, – for the Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder game yesterday, which, interestingly enough, Gordon, uh, the Thunder fans were freaking out about a little bit because they've lost the last seven playoff games that uh, that he's uh, refereed. So Thunder, or excuse me, Rockets fans were absolutely freaking out. But before the game, and Chris Paul said this to some reporters, and that, there's actually an audio version of it out there, but before the game, Scott Foster apparently came up to Chris Paul and just said, you know, I uh, refed a game seven you lost back when he was with the Hornets. Just felt like saying that to Chris Paul. And then during the game, Gordon, and I believe it was the second quarter, there was a really phantom delay of game call that got uh, the Rockets an extra foul shot that James Harden made. And Chris Paul was asked about it after the game, and he explained what happened. And I'm, I'm curious your reaction and if you believe what Chris Paul is saying here. I'm Taylor Rooks, please report. Go ahead. All right, Chris, there was a lot happening with the officiating tonight. There was a delay of game call. Why do you feel like you got that call? Delay of game? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy. This has been going on in the bubble, like the replays. They show the replays sometimes so that – Obviously, it's an advantage if you get to see the replay and then you challenge. So, like myself and I, I dropped down to tie my shoe up to hopefully see if we see the replay. Scott Foster walked over to me and told me, Chris, you ain't got to do that. I got him sweeping up the floor. Okay, cool. So, I started tying my shoe back up, and he still called the leg back. That don't make no sense. But... That's crazy. He just... I don't know. We could have won the game, but that situation... Leave no... Yeah. They gonna find me. I said his name. Yeah, we already know the history. It's all bad. All right, so Gordon, there was a call. Chris Paul was doing a little gamesmanship. He said, in the bubble there, if you wait for a sec, they'll, they'll put the replay up there. And so he fakes like he's tying his shoe, you know, unties it. And then and Scott Foster comes over and he says, don't worry, Chris. I've, I've got him out mopping up the floor. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll delay the game until the replay. And after he says that, then he calls a delay of game on Chris Paul as he goes to tie his shoes back up. 
See, Jake, why is he talking to a player like that? Why is he talking to him before the game? Why is he saying something like that to him and then making that call? You know, what, 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 that's idiotic on his part to engage that way, if that's in fact what happened. Because See, now Chris Paul, Chris Paul after the game can say, well, that's what just happened. <laughs> it's just all that does is create a situation where there is doubt. And as a referee, you don't want to do that. Now, I understand that there's conversations between players and refs all the time, and that's okay that they have relationships like that. But don't be saying something like that and then make a call like that. All that does is say, hey, my ego is involved here. Well, well, it obviously is involved. We were talking about Scott Foster after all. There's a few other names we could drop out there, referees with, uh, with big egos. Uh, but to your point, um, they do you know, see these guys all the time. I mean, these referee crews get, can't help but get to know these players. I mean, they're, they're coworkers in a sense. I mean, I don't know how many times Scott Foster sees the Oklahoma City Thunder and Chris Paul in a season, but it's probably you know, a handful, half a dozen at least. So... I mean, you you get that, and but I I think you're right. Like, you're you're there to do a job, you know. I don't I don't know the the personal feeling feelings between these two guys, but like, who who did Tim Duncan famously have a, a feud with? Was it Joey Tim Crawford? Dick, was it Joey Crawford? I mean, come I on, so. come on, Joey Crawford, just just do your job, bro. Uh, I mean, if if that's true, and maybe Chris Paul doesn't like Scott Foster, so he's making something up, and if that's the case. Uh, I, I guess that's the case. But if that's true, where he's just messing with Chris Paul, he's just messing with Chris Paul. And that, in yeah. a sense, makes him more uh, makes him an artificial part of the game. Your part of the game is to is to call it as you see it, not to get into some player's head. Come on. And to remind him, hey, I, I refed a game seven. You lost once. I mean, that's 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 a that's a jerk move is what that is. I agree with that. And referees should not be engaged that way. Uh, it, it's pathetic. And the worst part of it for jazz fans is that Scott Foster looks a little bit like John Stockton. That's the worst part for jazz fans? That? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I heard stories like this back in the day with the jazz. They, everybody would kind of freak out if, if a certain ref had been assigned to a, a playoff game. And, and I, don't, I, I do everything I can not to believe it. But I, I do believe at times guys allow certain things to creep in. Now, I don't think it's a major problem, and I don't think Scott Foster's going out of his way to have Chris Paul lose playoff games. But, but why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? Makes no sense at all. All it does is erode your own credibility, and as a referee, that's uh, quite valuable. Well, he is the head of the Players Association, uh, Gordon, and let's just say the uh, the Players Association and the Referees uh, Association haven't exactly uh, been getting along lately. If you want to go down that road. Have they ever gotten along? I don't know, but it seems like it's been particularly uh, not good uh, lately. Remember they had to have that emergency meeting at the All-Star game? Well, it wasn't this year, but wasn't it last year? Because oh, the, yeah. the mm. relationship between the two had gotten so bad, they had to have some emergency, okay, we got to get get it together here meeting. Well, the NBA needs to step in. Adam Silver needs to make sure that this gets limited or eliminated because you just can't, you can't afford to have these kinds of questions coming up in, in fans' minds. 
already it breeds that kind of thing. Because if it doesn't go your way, then you're angry because the ref made a call this way or that way. That's why those guys have to be beyond reproach. They have to be absolutely just clean as can be. And this isn't clean. Those kinds of comments and then that kind of call made is all that does is breed more trouble. And it seems like referees would do everything they could to uh, to stay away from that. Well, it seems like referees would do a lot of things there, Gordon, that uh, that referees don't seem to do. Uh, you would think that referees wouldn't upgrade their or downgrade their tickets, pocket the cash, and not pay taxes. But yet, that <laughs> happened. Yeah, that did happen. Mm-hmm. How long ago was that? That was like 15, 20 years ago. I think it was longer than that, actually. Was it? it? Probably early to mid like mid-90s. 30 years ago? Maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> Something like okay. that. Uh, when they did have uh, a ref on the take. I don't know if we've seen that in other sports. Yeah, that was not a good look. I've heard his book is really good. I've never read it, but I've heard his book is really good. All right. Uh, See, it is, a, just, just, just real quick, Jake. Let me, I, I, it is so important because fans, I hear fans complain about refs. And I think generally the refs are calling it pretty straight. But but when, when things like this happen, it's it's inexcusable. And then all that does is allow fans to complain even more about it because there is evidence that something fishy's going on. And it, it, it just undercuts everything the league wants to have happen so that there aren't these suspicions. I mean, that message needs to be sent loud and clear. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, uh, yeah, 100%. All right, coming up right around the corner, we'll talk to Patrick Kinahan live at Smith's, the brand-new Utah Jazz Team Store location right inside. Uh, come on by and see us, 3215 South Valley Street, really just off 3300 South and I-215 on the east end of the valley. Come by and see us. Uh, going to be a great weekend. They've got a great sale going on uh, tomorrow through Monday. Buy one, get one, 20, uh, 25% off the entire store. So now is a great time to grab that jersey, that hat, that shirt, whatever you need to be geared out uh, for the Utah Jazz. They've got it right here at their new location, 3300 South, 3215 South Valley Street to be exact. Come by, say hello. We'll have uh, more Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.